Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Greg Barnes and Jason Staples. You're listening to the Inside Carolina radio show sponsored by Jersey Mike's of Chapel Hill. It's Halloween evening. Not sure how we managed to get together here late on Halloween. I've been enjoying some Topo whiskey. Uh, Greg, I think you can probably give a shout out to a, another local uh, refreshment. And Jason, you as well. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm partaking in uh, some Defiant, which is the American single malt out of uh, Golden Valley, North Carolina. So in-state representing. Yeah, yeah and I've... I've been having some milk here uh, <laughs> that we got from Publix. It's been really good stuff. I hear the milk <laughs> there is just fantastic. Aged well. Yeah, um, it's been pretty good. It's helping me th- think about the game. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see, this is going to be an interesting show. If I can hold it together and not laugh all the way through it, no offense to the ball game that's coming on Saturday, but Greg, we talked about it a little bit off the air. Uh, Carolina's got some injuries in the front seven on, well, actually in the entire 11 on the defensive side of the ball. It's really not a good idea to limp into the Georgia Tech game, especially when Georgia Tech's offense is as good as it's been of late. Yeah, it's just a bad matchup, I think, for North Carolina. When you, when you look at what Georgia Tech has been able to do on the ground this year, we've talked a lot over the years about how good you know Paul Johnson can get this offense working. Uh, in terms of efficiency, I mean, this is this is the best he's had to date. They're averaging about six point two yards per carry. Uh, you know, they're they're churning out you know, three hundred seventy yards per game. They threw one pass in that blowout at Virginia Tech last week. One pass, and and listening to Paul Johnson talk after the game, uh, he he suffers from the smartest man in the room complex, which I know a lot of coaches do. Uh, but he was like, yeah, you know, we could have done some play action, but yeah, really, why? Why, why do you need to do it if everything else is just working right? And that's that's kind of what they showed. They, they had success throughout. Uh, Virginia Tech forced a, a fumble on one possession. They forced one punt. Other than that, Georgia Tech scored touchdowns on all their, all, all their uh, possessions. And they're just rolling right now. I know Duke did a really good job two weeks ago. Um, but... You know, Georgia Tech's averaging close to 40 points a game. And when you combine, like you mentioned, some of those injuries along the, especially the, the front seven for North Carolina, uh, you, know, you got Crawford still injured with that knee problem. Jalen Dalton's been battling a kind of a, a back and hip issue all year long. Uh, you know, Jonathan Smith is, is hurt. Dom Ross apparently has had some, some injury issues as well. So just, just a, a bad matchup for UNC going into this one. Uh, we lost Jason already. He washed away in the milk, the public's milk. So, Greg, I'll stick with you on it. Uh, you mentioned one pass against Virginia Tech. That is just fascinating to me. And I know a lot of people hate the way Georgia Tech plays football. But we've talked about on this podcast that maybe Carolina needs to take an approach not very unsimilar to that or dissimilar to that um, with maybe Ratliff Williams at least running the Wildcat. How does Georgia Tech manage to continue to do it year after year and 
last year they struggled. They've struggled, you know, over the course of a few years, but they they've cycled in quarterbacks. They've got a senior, they've got a freshman that can run it. Uh, just speak to how they they continue to do whatever they want to do offensively. Well, and I think if you look back over the last month of the season, I mean, they threw eight passes against Clemson, seven against Bowling Green, two at Louisville, seventeen against Duke, and that's primarily because they were were down two scores late, and then the one against Virginia Tech. And I think one thing people need to understand with, with Georgia Tech is we, we call it a triple option, and that's actually inaccurate. Um, this is a, a multifaceted uh, rushing attack. Do they use a triple option? Yes, of course they do. But they use a, you know, a lot of different components. You know, there, There's a lot of tall sweeps. There's a lot of pitch plays, uh, a lot of you know, QB keeper plays. So he has a lot of different options built in to this offense. And it's not just that, that triple option. And so the fact that Paul Johnson, you know, as John Papucha said on Tuesday, you know, he likes preparing for this matchup because you're, you're playing chess against the chess master. You know, Paul Johnson has run this offense better than anyone in the country the last 20 years or however long, you know, he was at, he was at Navy. And so he's figured out ways to make this work year in and year out. Um, it's always a, a tough ask. It's one of those things, if you can get them to, to put the ball on the ground, it becomes a lot easier. Uh, and they've had issues with that this year, for sure. It's one of the reasons they're 4-4. They're four and four. Uh, But when they take care of the ball, uh, they, they fall forward uh, more often than not. I think they had 78 rushing plays at Virginia Tech. Two of those were for <laughs> loss. There's 76 either for no gain or positive plays. And uh, when you can do that, I mean, that's, that's just incredibly difficult to, uh, to stop. Jason, we, we've talked about the, and I mentioned it when you were off air getting your uh, audio issues, quote unquote, audio issues fixed, but Georgia Tech continues to do it. Paul Johnson continues to do it. And yes, they've struggled at times, but when, like Greg said, when they don't put it on the ground and when they're clean, it's virtually impossible to stop. Uh, your thoughts on Johnson's continued uh, success running this sort of old-school run-based offense? Well, I mean, the main thing to remember is that the uh, the offense has, you know, it makes the defense wrong no matter what. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't keep this up. I'll, I'll, I could keep it up, but I, I know we'd get too many complaints. Uh <laughs> This whole milk is good, but it's not quite that good. Um, anyhow, um, no. I, the, the thing about the, the thing about Johnson's offense is um, is that uh, the, the defense can't be right in terms of they're 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 going to force you to to declare what you're going to cover, and then they're going to try to ta- they're going to try to to they're going to force they're going to do something else. Uh, it's it's a very tightly integrated very sound scheme and yeah you say old school and all this other stuff but it's a spread option offense it's what so many teams do the main difference is that he does it in a series-based call system under center instead of out of the shotgun like other teams do otherwise it's not all that different and it's just really hard to defend good option football uh like like you said, Greg, if they don't put it on the ground, good luck. Uh, 
they can be so incredibly efficient. And when he has a quarterback that he, that, that can make those decisions correctly, because that's the thing. If you, if you put it on the ground or if your quarterback doesn't make the right read enough, because you're not going to make the right read every time in option football. But if you, if your quarterback can consistently quickly make the right read and you don't put it on the, on the floor, it, it it's going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle for any defense to stop that. You're going to have to score some points. Okay, Jason, let me stick with you. Uh, order of defending Georgia Tech. Obviously, you got to stop. I say you always got to stop the B-back first, but break down uh, the order of importance against Georgia Tech's offense. So, as a general rule, anytime you're stopping option football, you're right. You have to start with the B-back. You have to stop the dive. And and you have to stop that with with the minimum – commitment possible so this is where you know if you're if you're Clemson and you've got those two defensive tackles you got a Dexter Lawrence out there makes it a whole lot easier to stop this kind of offense because now Dexter Lawrence can handle two guys right you're gonna have to double team him and now the the numbers advantage that you get by running your quarterback by playing option football that makes it so the defense can't be right when that guy can can uh, can take the the job of two guys inside. Now you're you've evened out the odds defensively, uh, and you know if you've got two defensive tackles that can cause problems inside. Now you you might actually be ahead. Uh, but basically, the general rule is you have to stop the, the the dive back with your two defensive tackles and your Mike linebacker at a minimum. That's what that's what it's going to take to stop that dive back, and you're probably going to have to commit one more guy to that. Uh, and, you know, that's going to make things pretty difficult. And especially once they start running midline option, which is, to me, the biggest, that's the most terrifying thing to face with this kind of team. What that is, is where you're running, the quarterback actually reads the defensive tackle instead of the defensive end. And if the tackle takes the back, the quarterback tucks in the same hole that the that the back was going up. So it, it's almost like a lead blocker. And now you've got, because you've got the quarterback going up the same gap, if you're playing a one gap scheme as an as a defense, that's a serious problem, isn't it? Because each guy's responsible for one gap. He tackled the guy coming through that gap, and now the quarterback's coming through the same gap. So that's what you're always afraid of is you've got to focus on stopping that that B back on the dive, and you've got to have that extra extra overhang ready to potentially stop midline. And that's what everybody's afraid of when first and foremost, when you play a team like Georgia Tech is that midline option because they will gut you with that. It's straight up the field, and with a guy that can run it at, at quarterback, it's it's a nightmare. So if you stop those two things, if you can limit what they're doing with the B-back and with the midline without committing you know six guys to that, then it's just basically playing the quarterback and the pitch in that order. You can't let the quarterback you know just get up the field without in, without any any difficulty. So you have to take him and then you, you know, you've tried to force that pitch because every time they have to pitch it, that's one more chance for a fumble. So you're hoping that they have to pitch it every time. And then you just got to have a guy on the outside, you know, at safety, that's going to make a safety and linebacker, different guys, depending on, on what series option they're running and what defense you're in. Those guys have to make their tackles in the open field consistently and try to and try to close that down but you have to defend it in that order if you don't if you don't stop the first thing you're you're dead and if you don't if you don't find a way to limit midline 
you're talking about defensive Armageddon because it, it, it nothing gets uglier than when it, when, when an option offense is able to just run midline and get free runners up that center vertical, it, 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 it's so, so ugly. You know, defensively, it is the worst thing, worst feeling in the world. You can't stop it. Seems fitting that I would talk about eating right now. Jersey Mike subs of Chapel Hill certainly is an inside Carolina radio show sponsor and they're providing a great opportunity for everybody out there that needs something to eat, whether it's lunch or dinner or a tailgate option. Uh, around the Chapel Hill area. Hills 15 is all you need to know to get that 15% off your order from those Jersey Mike stores of Chapel Hill. Use the code for online at any of those Chapel Hill, Hillsborough, and now Chatham County stores. That Chatham County store is the newest one. It's about 12 minutes from the heart of Chapel Hill, right right on 15501. Uh, Along the way, from anybody come from Laurenburg, Pinehurst, Southern Pine, Sanford, or Pittsburgh, maybe even do it this Saturday when Georgia Tech comes calling, support the IC podcast, and thank Charlie, Clint, and Griffin at Jersey Mike's of Chapel Hill for their continued support of this podcast. Go to jerseymikes.com front slash order, locations nearest you, pick one of those stores I've talked about, click on your order, pick your favorite sub, enter the Heels 15 code, and get 15% off your everyday order. Do it today. Place an order. Get that Heels 15 entered. Get your Jersey Mike subs. Skip the line straight to the counter. Get your food. Get out. Enjoy a great Jersey Mike subs. And do it in Jersey Mike's of Chapel Hill. Greg, looking at Georgia Tech's stats, it's fascinating to me to just to look at them. Uh, of course, they beat Alcorn State, and then they lost to USF, Pitt, and Clemson. Pitt allowed them 200 yards and only 146 yards on the ground. But against U- U- uh, South Florida, they had 419 yards of rushing and still managed to lose that game. Um, it is really all about turnovers against Georgia Tech, isn't it? It is, but that South Florida game was kind of fluky because South Florida had two kick returns for touchdown. So I guess we can add that in if you know, Anthony Ratliff-Williams capitalizes because Georgia Tech's special teams are a little bit spotty as well. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, what what you're looking for is you're looking for ways to get them off the field quick because it, you they like to, to soak up time of possession. We can talk about that, how it affects the defensive stats in a minute. I've been talking with John Papuchas earlier this week. He said, you know you're probably going to have 10 to 12 drives that you have to defend each game against Georgia Tech. You're just condensing the game with the way they run clock. And so what they're aiming to do is to steal, and that's the word he used, steal uh, you know, three to four possessions. And what that means is force a turnover or try to get a three and out. But you get them off the field. They're not able to you know, switch field position on you. It gives your defense a little bit of time to, to get a breather. And if you can do that, if you can you know, steal a possession you know, three or four times, then you're giving your offense some opportunities to make some plays. Uh, this defense is not very good for Georgia Tech. So I think that's kind of the game plan, and that's how you can kind of gauge this. Virginia Tech could not do that, right? I mean, in, in the first half, uh, they forced that punt. What happens? It bangs off the guy's face mask. Georgia Tech recovers, scores, and they're off to the races. And so uh, you have to capitalize when you make them make them kick when you, you make them turn the ball over. And if you can't, uh, you forget about it because they're going to be rolling along. 
looking at time of possession, Jason, like Greg mentioned, it looks like Georgia Tech had a plus 24 against Virginia Tech last week. 42 in some change to 17 in some change. Only game they've had a negative TOP is against Bowling Green. Uh, so let's talk about how North Carolina gets off the field against Georgia Tech's offense. If Crawford's not healthy, and we assume he's not, if Jonathan Smith's uh, limited or out, that's a problem. The cornerbacks, I've always thought against Georgia Tech, you better have cornerbacks that can tackle and get off blocks. Uh, but your thoughts on how Carolina and Papuchas approaches it, given the limitations that they're going to have on Saturday? Well, um, first of all, I would just as soon never look at the time of possession stat. I think that's the that's one stat that that and it's funny you think about this. Well, you got to steal a possession here. You have to capitalize when you stop a team. You hear this said a lot about you know te- by teams that are about to play Georgia Tech. And my response to that is always, and how is that different from playing any other team? Um, the way you have to. The way you win football games is to score on more of your possessions than they score on theirs because teams, as a rule, get an even number of possessions. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying the point is to score more points than the other team? Yeah, and if that wasn't understood earlier in the year, maybe that okay. explains some of the problems that that, that we've observed. So... Um, one you know, and six, six and one. What's the difference? Yeah, I mean, it's just numbers, right? Anyway, um, but yeah, the time of possession doesn't have any real correlation to success one way or another. Uh, what does have major correlation is, like you said, the defense being able to get off the field. You, and that means you're getting stops, right? If you get stops, then then you know it doesn't matter what happens in the time of possession if you score in one play then that's great who cares your defense goes out there and they're tired but now they have the cushion of another seven points right so to me the biggest thing is the defense does have to get stops they're going to have to get a minimum in this game looks like of four or five stops and I think that's just kind of how you have to go into each game uh, you have to figure on how many stops can we realistically expect? How many how many times can we realistically expect to score on what they've got? And you know, you 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 kind of work backwards from there. Um, I think the the main thing in this game is Papuchas is going to have to find ways to create negative plays early in the 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 uh, the, the the series for Georgia Tech. That's how you ha- that's how you have to stop them. Because if they stay ahead of the chains, if they stay, if they've got good leverage, if they get four yards on first down, three yards on second down, and they're doing that consistently, you are not going to beat Georgia Tech. Because that means they can continue to run their offense on their terms all game. And if they're if they're dictating to the defense what they wanted what, what they want and they're going on their terms, you are not going to stop them. But if you can create so okay, that's fine. You gave up. You roll the dice on one, and you know, oh, you gave up eleven. That's okay. We're going to roll the dice again on first down. And we're going to bring another look that's going to try to force them into this, and then we're going to shift quickly and get you know get this look and try to try to create a a a, 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 a situation where they're not going to have it have the right play called, and all of a sudden we get you know we gave up eleven on that play, but now now we got a minus one. Now it's second and eleven. Okay, now we're in business. 
Now we got a chance to stop them. That's how, how I'm taking an approach nine times out of 10 when I'm playing Georgia Tech. I'm basically saying, I've got to find a way to get penetration. I'm going to, I'm going to commit my guys. You, you know, you, you, if you try to just play assignment football and just and catch as a defense, they're going to have the edge. If you play downhill and you try to, and you, and you get in the backfield and you, and you do, you may give up some big plays. That's fine. But you're also going to get some stops if you can force a bad pitch, if you can force the quarterback to, into a bad read, if you can, you know, tackle the B gap, uh, the, the, the B back in the, in the backfield for loss of one or two. Now you got a chance to, to stop them because then instead of it being second down and six, it's second 11. Okay. So they run the ball again. Now it's third and seven. That now you've got a chance. Okay. They don't get it. They get four yards there. It's fourth and three and you got to stop. That's how you have to do it. You have to focus on ways. And that's what you're, as a defensive coordinator, that's what you're focusing on. You're finding, okay, if we've come in with this look, is there a way that we can, that we can tell our guys, okay, here's, here's what they're probably going to do based on this look. And now we're going to attack this, this way to try to create a loss. It's all about finding a way to create losses early in downs. And then if you don't create that loss on first down, it's just hang on and don't give up a big play on second, third and fourth, fourth down until you get a new set of downs and you can force a loss on first down again. I mean, it's, it, that's how they force you to play defensively. So Greg, before we switch to the other side of the ball, I mean, Papuchas has preached aggressiveness. If, if there's ever a game that the Carolina defense needs to make some plays by being even overly aggressive, this is it, right? I don't think so. I don't think you can afford to be aggressive against this kind of offense. Now, so, I think the approach. So, how do you accomplish what Jason's talking about to get? I mean, are we going to talk about assignment defense? I yeah, mean, is that's that... what it, that's what it is. And you can now listen. You don't. The only way to to you know, tackle them behind the line of scrimmage is not being necessarily being aggressive. If you're doing your job and you're doing it well, you can make those plays. But you have to win one-on-one matchups. That's right. Uh, I, I think if you're you trying have to do it to, within the scheme, <laughs> right, right. Because if you if you get overly aggressive and you get out of position, uh, these guys that's can six. take it to the house. That's six. <laughs> and so you that's that's kind of the difficulty here is not only do you have to be spot on with your assignments, and you've got to take care of your gap and your man. If you've got the pitch, you've got the pitch. If you got the dive. You've got the dive. So it's not only that. That's just part of it. But then you actually have to make plays, like Jason said, within the scheme, above and beyond that, win some of those one-on-ones. I mean, there's numerous games over the years. I didn't get to see the the Clemson game this year, unfortunately. But I remember a Virginia Tech game a few years ago when they had some of those, I guess, Tim Settle and some other guys in the middle. Virginia Tech's defensive tackles were just blowing up Georgia Tech's center. And Georgia Tech could do nothing because they could not win at the point of attack. And that game was a bloodbath. If you can do that, what Jason's talking about becomes easy. If you can't do that, you're grasping at straws. But, yeah, if you try to get overly aggressive, uh, that's that's something where Paul Johnson's going to see that and just, just make you pay. All righty then. Maybe not aggressive on defense. Just do your job. 
And right now to our listeners, your jobs to go to HillsTravel.com. It's the easiest way to book travel to UNC away basketball games. And right now they're offering that package to Chicago that we've talked about so many times on this podcast. On the podcast yesterday with Dewey Burke and Sherelle McMillan. Go to Chicago, see Carolina and Kentucky on December 22nd, one of the biggest games of the entire college basketball season. HillsTravel.com now. Call 336-855-0060 to book. That package will get you nonstop airfare up there to Chicago from RDU. Transportation to and from the airport and to and from the airport to the hotel and two nights at Chicago Omni, right where the basketball team is staying. Great chance to see Carolina play on a huge stage against a great opponent and best option ever to see Chicago in Christmas time. It is beautiful. Visit hillstravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book your trip. All right, so let's switch to Carolina's side of the ball. And Jason, I think, you know, I, I've tried to put it nicely. I, I think Jace Ruder needs to see a lot of action. I don't know if he will. Um, but your thoughts on Carolina's offensive approach with either quarterback? Um, they're going to have to score a lot of points, I think, against Georgia Tech. Uh, I remember a few years ago, Georgia Tech just scored too fast that year, and Marquise <laughs> let them down, and uh, they lost on the last possession. I see a similar type game. The question is, can Carolina's offense keep up um, as we with the current players that we've seen thus far? Your thoughts? Probably not. But no, you're 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 right. I mean, I I think at this point, you know, I would like to see more Ruder, just because of some of the dynamism he brings with his legs, and you know, the the need to figure out what you're going to have next year. Some other things. I mean, this this year is you're not making a bowl this year, so you figure out what you gotta what you gotta do. But the other thing that um, that sort of mitigates that is if they get the level of play out of uh, out of Nathan Elliott that he put up against Syracuse, then this is this is going to be a competitive game. He played pretty well in that game. Not great, but well enough that all of a sudden the the skill guys were able to get their hands on the ball, he was able to distribute and, you know, manage the offense. If they're able to get that out of out of Nathan Elliott, then this game's competitive. Um but the other thing is, I think the big approach here is against Georgia Tech, you're also going to need to be able to run the football. You have to be balanced. Uh, they don't have a bunch of elite guys on their front seven. They just don't recruit well enough for that at this point. And so you're going to have a chance to be able to run the football in this game. You know, it, it, Going in, just about anybody's going to have a chance to run it. And so for me, the first thing I'm doing is I'm trying to make sure that I establish Michael Carter that I establish Williams, that I establish these guys in the running game and see if I can set up some play action to get, uh, to get Elliott comfortable. Uh, if you can run the football early on, then as a coaching staff, you feel much more comfortable facing Georgia Tech because now, now you can start to, to, uh, to dictate to them a little bit. And that has to be, I think, the first priority. You know that you're not gonna that you don't have John Elway back there or you know Dan Marino back there uh, to just pitch it around. You're gonna have to find a way to run it. You're gonna have to find a way to be balanced. And if that means you have to play Ruder to be able to get his legs on the field, a guy that can that can really move, uh, 
then that's what you do. But I think you've got to start running it, and I think you've got to set up some some shots against that defense to be able to to try to keep up because you, like you said, you're going to have to score some points in this game. And I think the good thing for North Carolina in listening to what Jason said is that they can probably do that against this Georgia tech defense. And yep. if, if you look at you know, footballoutsiders.com, Georgia tech has the worst defense in the ACC. And there's only a handful of teams in power five that have worse grades. Uh, if you look at what Georgia Tech has done, I mean, let's see here. Rushing defense against Power 5 teams, Georgia Tech's allowing 4.9 yards per carry. That's one of the worst in the ACC. If you look at total defense against Power 5 teams, Georgia Tech is allowing 6.6 yards per play. That's a full yard per play more uh, than North Carolina. So this Georgia Tech defense is the reason this Georgia Tech team is is four and four and and not a lot better. Uh, And so North Carolina has had a lot of success running the ball this year. They just happened to run into a very good Virginia defense last week that bottled them up. And we've talked about this before. Anybody watching these games knows if you can take away the run for North Carolina and make Nathan Elliott try to beat you with his arm, you're in pretty good good shape. (laughs) Uh, but Georgia Tech hasn't really shown the ability to to fill that type of you know, front seven for reasons that, that Jason alluded to. And so I think North Carolina coming into this game is going to have the opportunity uh, to move all, to be able to create some running lanes. That opens everything else up. They can have some success. And so I think that actually uh, maybe limits, in my opinion, that limits how much you will see of Jace Reuter just because I think Nathan Elliott is probably good enough to be able to put up points in this game. Um, and you can't really risk, if you put a young guy in there, you, maybe he gives you, you some splash plays. But if this is going to be his first game, there's also the chance that he makes some bad plays. And I don't know that you can risk that. I mean, you know, for all of Nathan Elliott's issues, uh, he hadn't had an interception since that first game. Yeah, and that, that is a big factor here. Yeah, and he, he has had some fumbles, I know, but you know, interception-wise, he's been clean since Cal. Uh, and so that's really what the coaching staff has to determine is, okay, we think we can be efficient enough offensively to move the ball and try to keep up with them. Do we want to take that risk with Reuter? Um, and that's, you know, that's why they make the big bucks. They have to make that decision. Hmm. But, I, but I think North Carolina, if they can play a very clean game offensively and they can capitalize, especially in the red zone, we know that's been an issue, they can make this competitive, but I, I don't think they can stop Georgia Tech. And so, therefore, it, you know, for North Carolina to win, it's going to have to be a shootout, and they've struggled in those types of games. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to build on – add one more uh, couple, one more set of stats to add on – tack on to what you, you just put out there. This tells you something in terms of Georgia Tech's ability to – or inability to stop the run. On first down, Georgia Tech is giving up 4.49 yards per rush. That, that's when they're, you know, that's when you're expecting teams to run the ball a lot. They're giving up almost five yards a carry on first down on third and short. So third and one in th- one to three to go in 2018, they're giving up 4.77 yards per, per carry. So third and short, they're giving up almost five yards a carry. So that tells you, I mean, their defense is, 
really, really not, they've not been able to stop the run at all uh, when teams are loading up to stop the run. I mean, uh, to, to put this in perspective, North Carolina in the same stats, right? So we have a, you know, we all have a pretty good sense of where North Carolina's defense has been. North Carolina in the same stats gives up 4.5 yards per rush on first down. So just about the same. And then uh, on on thir- third and one to three, uh, this is not good. I, I didn't actually, I, I just looked at this myself. It's the first time I've seen this. They're giving up 10.5 yards per carry on third and three. Are you serious? Like... Third and three or less, North Carolina's defense is giving up 10.5 yards per carry. Okay, right, that, that I, I don't even know what to say. I, like, I was getting ready to open this up and be like, you know, these are normal. St- no, that's just not normal. I'm sorry. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's, I, I have an edit button. That, that edit button's not getting used on that. Oh, no, that, that 10.5 yards per carry. So Carolina in 2018, I'm just going to repeat this one more time because I have to convince myself it's actually what I'm seeing here. <laughs> Carolina is giving up. They've given up. 168 yards on 16 attempts on third and short rush defense. They're giving up 10.5 yards per carry on third and one and one to three to go. And they're playing Georgia tech this game. Who's going to run it until the wheels fall off. (laughs) And so you basically could just drop the microphone, walk out and not have another comment the rest of the season, because that pretty much sums it up for Carolina. When you're giving up 10 yards per carry on third and three or less, that's a bad sign guys. And when you're playing, when you're about to play Georgia tech, that's going to run it on third and three, third and six, (laughs) third and seven. I was looking at Georgia Tech's stats, Ooh. and I was these include Bowling Green and Alcorn State, so I won't even talk about those. It is fascinating, though. Third down conversion to Georgia Tech, 42 for 92. Opponents against Georgia Tech, 43 for 92. And they're both fourth down conversions. I'm surprised Georgia Tech's only gone for it on 16 fourth downs because it seems, yeah, like, too. It seems North, like they North do that. Carolina, yeah, North Carolina's gone for it more on fourth down than Georgia Tech, but I agree with you. So uh, let's twist I'm to let's awe. let's yeah that one did not go as planned, uh, <laughs> but it, I mean but it's logical given what we've seen and that sort of puts to bed and, and Greg seriously that sort of puts to bed the idea that Carolina's defense has been better because it it looks better at times and it did last year I thought and we had this argument or debate and you insisted that looks can be deceiving that stat right there pretty much sums it up yeah Yeah, i am convinced i am convinced that the reason people think the defense has gotten a lot better the last two years is solely because the offense has been as bad as it's been it's just a relativity thing I i mean if you go back and look at the stats for 2012 and 2013 those are pretty dang good defenses compared to what we've seen the last five years, but because of how the offense was back then, everybody thought, Oh, the defense is horrible. Actually, no Vic's first two defenses were pretty good. Uh, 14 was a train wreck, but uh, <laughs> man, that was, but bad. yeah. And, yeah. Um, that's that was what Jason mentioned. They've had it, you know, 16 attempts on third and one or third and three to go. Opponents have gotten first downs on 13 of those plays. 
Oh, They're 13 gosh. of 16. They've gotten first downs on your third and one or third and three to go. So, yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a troubling stat for sure. <laughs> wow. And and just to put it in perspective, this is more what I was, you know, and again, I should have known better because, I mean, it's been bad and we've all seen it. But last year. Carolina gave up 2.94 yards per rush on third and short. That's more what you expect. Like that's, that's along the norm. Like that's in the average range, right? You're giving up third and third and one to three. You're giving up just under three yards of carry. That's not, you know, that's not, not good, but it's not, you know, it's about average. Georgia tech has given up a good bit more than that. They're giving up, you know, almost five. That's bad. And then Carolina's given up 10.5 this year. I, that's like, that. Wow. So, uh, Let's turn to the predictions. I think the predictions <laughs> segment of the show will be um, very fun. Uh, Greg, I hadn't gone to you first lately, but I'm going to go to you first this time. Carolina, uh, we've talked about it. Now let's predict it. Carolina, Georgia Tech, 12-20 kick in Keenan Stadium. How's it play out? I don't think North Carolina's got enough firepower to keep up with Georgia Tech. I don't think that should be surprising considering our conversation tonight. Uh, but but I think this is one that North Carolina probably has some success scoring, just just not enough. So I've, I've got this one at 38-28, Georgia Tech. A little closer than I thought, but Jason, your thoughts on uh, what you plan on watching Saturday at noon? Well, I'm going to be paying attention to whether or not Carolina can bring that third and well, first of all, can force some third and shorts. And second of all, can they bring that third and, and short uh, run defense average down, if, you know, from 10, over 10 to something a little bit more uh, reasonable in this game? That, that's what I'm going to pay attention to here. But uh, I, I agree with Greg that it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of an issue uh, for Carolina to stop them. And, uh, I don't think Carolina has re- has shown reliable enough uh, firepower all year to be able to keep up with what they're probably going to need to do to beat Georgia Tech. So uh, I'm going to go with a higher scoring game than what than what we just heard from our friend who has been better than me uh, predicting games so far this year. But I'm going to go with uh, something like uh, Georgia Tech uh, 51, North oh. Carolina North Carolina uh, 30 38. You guys think Carolina can put up 28 and 38 and I'm not so sure. And I've said it before and I'm stealing your line again. Somebody on the message board liked it. Uh, I'm not convinced and I'm not picking them until I see otherwise. I, I just don't, Georgia Tech's going to score pretty much at will, I think. So I'm looking at 52 for Georgia Tech. And here's the thing about Carolina's offense. Even against a bad defense, I think Carolina's offense has to be pretty much perfect, at least relative to Carolina's offensive standards of late. And I'm not so sure that it's sustainable the way it's constructed now. Now, if they do some of the things we've talked about um, with the Wildcat and playing the freshman, we'll see. But I think uh, 52-24 Georgia Tech in Keenan Stadium and the beat goes on. Greg, uh, I hope one day I can predict these as good as you can, but I just don't see it today. Um, I, I just don't see Carolina being perfect enough on offense to keep up. Just my thoughts. Guys, it's been fun. Uh, Halloween Eve, 
previewing Carolina and Georgia Tech on Saturday in Keenan Stadium. Jason, Greg, y'all have fun. Don't eat too much candy. Uh, it's, been, it's been enjoyable. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. 